Well, hello, it's the Bold Man's Podcast. Sitting around the table today, it's just me and Joe Graves. Oh, lucky you, John. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> you know, I was at, uh, Amanda and I had a date night this past Saturday. We went to Applebee's, and uh, the server, the hostess, says, uh, oh, just two of you tonight? I said, what do you mean, just two of us? Two's the perfect number. <laughs> John, you know what I mean? Corn just dog, two? John Welch. And, and then the other thing, she says, well, can I have a good name for you? I said, well, I don't have a good name. But I'll give you my name. It's John. You're just full of it all night. Full of it. Full of it. Full of it. (laughs) Hey, we are in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through uh, the end of the chapter. And so feel free to pause this this recording. Read Ephesians 4, 17 through uh, uh, 32, and then come back in and join us. And you should be back. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, Joe, we'll just kick off the throw. Sure, let's go with it. So we just got off of the last recording talking about unity and diversity in the body of Christ and the fivefold ministry and how the body is supposed to function. Uh, we we talked a lot about how that ministry unfolds, and uh, we're we're coming into this week looking at how do you live that new life in Christ? What does that look like? And I think perspective is what we're going to gain tonight, a yeah. lot of perspective on that new life. And uh, uh, one of the big things that, that you got to remember when you're living the Christian life is you leave that old life behind. That's right. And so we're going to see that as we start off in verse 17. Therefore I say this and testify in the Lord. You should no longer live as the Gentiles live, in the futility of their thoughts. They are darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts. They became callous and gave themselves over to promiscuity for the practice of every kind of impurity with the desire for more and more. And so we see here Paul's is... Saying, you know, you got to leave that old life, the life that these Gentiles, yeah. these this Gentile, the Gentile Christians, the life that they knew, you have to leave that behind. Yeah. Uh, so the question that I kind of think of when I read verse seventeen there is, have we really left that behind? Yeah, yeah. To what degree are we at? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it might be beneficial to say, okay, well, where are my priorities now? And do they look any different on this side of mm-hmm. understanding of Christ? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's um, right. I mean, have my priorities changed? The, the, the answer should be yes, my, my priorities are different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I'm afraid to say that's maybe not always the case, which should be an indicator for us. That should be a light bulb that goes off and says, hey, listen, if my – priorities have not changed, that then maybe I've got to do a little bit of self-reflection and uh, a reflection on the gospel and, and how it's impacting my life, because we're not to be, well, we're not to live as the Gentiles do. That's correct. And so, John, uh, you know, when we read forward here in verse 18, Paul's actually going to start to enumerate some of those things that that kind of outlines why mm-hmm. they they were where they were you mm-hmm. know darkened in their in the understanding they were excluded and apart from god's you know lifeline that they were excluded yep. from god's life mm-hmm. uh you you see that uh 
there's this willful ignorance mm-hmm. that that's talked about in yeah. verse 18 there. Yeah. And what was the result of it? Yeah, a hard heart. A hard heart, a hardened heart, hard. So yep. what does it mean to have a hardened heart? Uh, we we read about it in uh, Exodus mm-hmm. with Pharaoh. Yeah. And people say, oh, well, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Well, hold up. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh already had a hard heart. Yeah. God just used yeah. what was already there, yeah. right? That's it, right. It wasn't like he just said, oh, now I'm going to take your heart and I'm going to harden it off. Yeah. No, I but, imagine a lot of things went into Pharaoh's hard sure. heart in his life. Yeah, what, you, you know, I mean, what does it mean to have a hard heart? Yes. To be calloused like that? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when, when I think of that, I, I think that's the person that says, you know, I don't care what you say or what I see. I refuse, I refuse, I refuse to live mm-hmm. according to the God of the Bible. Yeah, you're making you know that I mean? personal choice yeah. of what you want for your life. I mean, today we live in the scholarship world, right? Like everybody's a scholar, you know. Everybody's a scholar and everybody's got Google, so everybody can become an expert. And so we, we read things like, you know, uh, marriage just to be with a man and a woman in the confines of marriage. And we say, oh, you know, listen, God can't tell me what to do with my pants. And so I'm I'm an expert <laughs> Uh, I've studied this, and that Hebrew word, that Greek word, you know, it probably has this other meaning or whatever. And so it's like we there's a hardening there as well of it's not just outward. I mean, it is very clearly defiance, but it's self-righteous defiance. Well, I, I know better than the plain reading of Scripture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think we see that a lot more now than I, – I think especially the people that are listening to this, they say, you know – they're quick, they'd be quick to say, "Well, I, that doesn't apply to me," but maybe it does. Oh, absolutely! You know what I mean? Like, like we might not be gritting our teeth and saying, "You know, forget you, God." Right. But we might be gritting our teeth and saying, "I don't care what you say, God. Don't tell me what to do with sexuality. Don't tell me what to do with my money. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me what to do with you know what I mean." So you got this callousness that yeah. you're talking about. How does how do you feel like it? Like in verse 19 here, how does it? lead this callousness lead to this desire for more and more that Paul speaks of. Yeah. You know, I, I think of this and I, I'm thinking, wow, these people have become callous. In other words, they can't feel yeah. the the pull of God to stop doing what they're yeah. doing. They're, they're desensitized yeah. to I, God's... Yeah, go yeah, ahead. I, I mean, again, to th- throw out an, a, an easy example of this is the idea of sex in our culture today sex is just in our our culture screams sex is just sex mm-hmm. it's just sex it's just, just sex, guys. A, a muscle yeah. a, a reaction um uh, uh it's a stimulus it's just it, it, there's nothing significant or important about it it's just sex and so let sex just be sex and it doesn't have any holy or spiritual uh connotations or, or connections to it uh, but you know john i'll guarantee you that first time that that person had sex, that it, it was phenomenal, that it, it made this huge impact on their life at that moment, to the negative for them, to their detriment, because it was outside of marriage, and, and there was that connection well, or, and ripping apart with that person, yeah, or desensitization, as you're talking about. Yeah, or, or that first uh, encounter with sex or sexuality uh, was so negative that it scarred them for a future usage. And so sex is still part of their, but, but 
it was such a bad experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, every other Friday night for the past several weeks, we've been doing a marriage night. Yeah. And this coming Friday night. So when you're listening to this last Friday, so sorry, you missed it. Uh-huh. Uh, but but we're talking about sex and sexuality. And one of the big things there we're talking about is how uh, our bodies, because of the fall, our bodies can respond and can pro- we can program our bodies negatively mm-hmm. to have even yeah. negative. Sex is for marriage. Yes. Now, think, you know, my wife pointed this out to me the other day. I thought I, I, thought I was smart. And then I talked to my wife and realized that <laughs> she's really the smart one. Um, Sex is for marriage. Now we we always, I, I always think of that phrase, and I think, well, sex is limited to marriage. But Amanda corrected me. She said, "No, sex is for marriage. It's a tool for marriage to for a better marriage, a healthier marriage. A, it, like it's a it's a positive. Correct. It it is a unifier uh-huh. between the the husband and wife to bring them closer together. Right. Yeah. Physically." But also spiritually, it it is entirely a spiritual, physical, mental exercise, yeah. because, well, yeah, it, it's not easy, right? Yeah. To to for for that to always be right. in unison, right? I yeah. mean, it's easy for once, but yeah, you know, yeah, ongoing like that, it, yeah. it is it is a willful it's, thing where you're man, you're unifying each. It's right. for it. It's for marriage, right? It's a positive. It's not a limited to. That's right. So anyway, but that callousness sets in. Yeah. You know, that callousness sets in. So we see, we can't feel the trueness of what's in front of us because we've got these calluses. That's right. And so we're, we're, we're just, everything's hard to the touch. Well, let me give you a, a, a strange analogy. You I wish not, you would. All right. Let, think about hot sauce for a minute. Like you start off with Frank's Red Hot. Yeah. And you think, okay, that's, that's pretty hot. You know, I can't, I can't stand it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But as you go along and eating Frank's Red Hot, you're like, ah, oh, this stuff's nothing. I gotta find something a little bit stronger. And so you you step on up to some Cholula, and then you yeah. step on up, to you know, a little bit peppers. further, some ghost pepper uh-huh. sauce, and then yeah. before you know it, you're eating stuff that has bad names, just lava from just, yeah, the lava, yeah, yeah, it's stuff you wouldn't want. But that's because you're <laughs> desensitizing, yeah. And it's I feel like it's a lot of the same yeah. way. Yeah. You're looking for the next fix, and drug users will say the same thing. It's a gateway drug, and then it's the next drug, and you got to have more of that next drug. And callousness doesn't happen overnight. That's right. It takes time. It's it's cumulative effort. Mm-hmm. With a negative connotation, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And, and so they've given themselves up to sensuality, to greed, uh, greedy, to practice every kind of impurity. I mean, yeah. Paul doesn't even, you know, list the types of just every kind, right? Nothing's off the table. Every kind of impurity. You got it. And so if we, if we, so we get, we got the idea of where these people uh, were living, right? But then he's gonna. Make a statement here, and he's going to use that magic word here, but mm-hmm. that is not how he use that transition word there. But this is not how you came to know Christ, assuming you heard about him and were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, to take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness. Hmm. in righteousness and purity of the truth. 
I, I mean, what a fantastic passage. Absolutely. You've got this contrast here of the life before Christ and the life after Christ. And he kind of says tongue-in-cheek, assuming you've heard about him <laughs> and we're taught in him the truth in Jesus Christ, you are to put off your old self. See, the old self is that calloused, is that that greedy, that that you know, seeking impurities and all that. It's self-centered, self-interested. Uh, you're to put that off. Put it off. Put it off. Uh I, I love Paul's use of uh, hyperbole here, kind yeah. of that that assuming you were. That. Mm-hmm. But what kind of writer would Paul be if he gave the the old and didn't give the contrast of where they were supposed to be? It's yeah. always that compare and contrast yeah. with Paul. He's he always makes this logical logical next leap. Yeah, right. Well, and, the good news isn't good without bad news. That's right. You have to give the bad first. That's right. You you've you've got to. Give directions. You've got to. Mm-hmm. We we do that in life. We do that in every other other element. So here we see off with the old man and and on with the new. And I, oh, go ahead. I, well, I love uh, in twenty two. Uh, uh, put off your old self, which belongs to your former life and is corrupt through its deceitful desires. I, I think that's such an important thing mm-hmm. for us to understand today. We can desire things that are bad. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Our, our world screams. Well, if it's true, if it's coming from you, if you know, if it's really passion or love, then it can't be bad because God, you know, God must have put it in you, and yet, you know, all that stuff. Uh, but here, Paul says very clearly, you you will have deceitful desires, things that seem to promise happiness and joy, mm-hmm. but it's deceitful. It will leave you wanting and and hurting. I, Absolutely, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Again, it's easy to pick on sex, but that's the that's yeah. the religion of our culture today. Is 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 sex, and so um, uh, and I think that's where our children and our grandchildren are in uh, really big danger because of the culture that's corrupting their minds. Um, uh, but, but think about the deceitfulness that comes with that. Uh, the, the deceitfulness that says, "Well, well, again, satisfy yourself." And you'll be satisfied. But you never are. You're never satisfied. You're never satisfied. Never That's satisfied. why he says very clearly in 22 to put off the old self, the old man. Mm-hmm. And in 23, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds in 23, right? Uh, the spirit, that word uh, pneumati in Greek, right? That, that idea that the spirit of your mind needs to change, to be renewed in the Lord. And in verse 24, to put on the new self. Yeah. Now, if, if you're looking in the handwritten show notes that may or may not be attached to this podcast. We'll see. We'll see. Then you're going to see a cute little drawing down here. <laughs> <laughs> I make cute drawings here. So anyway. Very cute, Joe. Very, very, cute. very cute. Yeah. So it's a picture. That's a new. Picture. That, that, listen, Joe, this is bold. All right. All right. No draw, drawing to stick No figures. cute drawings. All right. Okay. This is a, a manly, bold drawing. Jeez. <laughs> It's the picture in your mind, if you would, an old man standing in shabby clothing with just absolute disgusting filth on him, insects buzzing him, right? And and just, and the idea is when God comes in and the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the cross of Christ comes into your life, that the old man is shed off of you. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't leave you like that. Mm -hmm. He doesn't leave you just sitting there bare. He wants to put on a new garment on you and to clothe you with righteousness. And you have to be willing to put that on. And I, I feel like that's the image Paul is giving us here that, 
that you're shedding the old man and putting on the new. Mm. Yeah. So it's like a clothing that we need to we need to be uh, concerned yeah. with, and no, and there's nothing like a visual there. So if yeah. you could just imagine that in your mind, mm-hmm. that it's like taking a cloak off and putting a new robe on. Yeah, it's and, provided to you. Well, and, and here's the thing: uh, be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Put on the new self. Okay, uh, this is this is, again is cumulative as well. That's right. Like this is not a necessarily a moment in time. That's right. While it is in some ways a moment of time, it's also from this moment forward. It's an ongoing it's not process. Accomplished at That's one right. time. That's right. But but it's a, it's I cumulative think, moving forward. I think a lot of guys in in our group are felt this is a daunting uh, task that it needed to happen all at once. Um, it's not. It is a process, as you're saying, John. That. Yeah, you may have a big house, and and you have a lot of rooms in that house, but that house doesn't have to be conquered all at once, right? We we just have to be willing to allow Christ to go through that house with us to clean those rooms out one by one as it comes. Yeah, uh, I I I don't think we need to become overwhelmed when we start to think about it, because if you get overwhelmed, you become paralyzed and you stop. You just stop. Yeah. And but just keep in the process, keep in that process of. What we call sanctification. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, again, think of the connections Paul will write elsewhere to this idea of of being made new. Uh, Romans twelve. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, this calloused pattern, right? That's but right. be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Yep. A constant renewing. That's what that's what you need. Uh, um, and, and yeah, it's 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 not going to be fixed all at once. Uh, but our trajectory changes be, because what happens? What I mean, uh, uh, it's important to point out the, the the key significant difference here between the old man and the new man is focus. The old man's focus is on self. Mm-hmm. The new man's focus is on Christ. So, uh, John, what what advice would you have to a man if he feels like he's got a an area in his life? where he doesn't want to give it up. Mm. He loves Christ. He's he's a regenerated Christian, but he's got this one area that is a sticking point for him, and it's hindering his spiritual growth. What advice would you give to that man sitting, listening today? Because there, I, I don't think there's anybody today that's hearing this that doesn't have at least one door that's locked where they're not willing to allow Christ in. Maybe you're willing, but maybe you don't know how. Yeah. So, number one, I, I'll answer part of it, unless you want to go ahead. Well, no, go ahead, and then I'll okay. fight you. I, I, that's fine. I, I would say that you need to repent, number yeah. one, because it's, it's selfishness ultimately, that keeps that door locked. You yeah. want to keep that sin for yourself. So I would say own up to it yeah. and repent and turn and face Christ and say, okay, I'll let you have it. That's the only reason that door stays locked. So so a couple thoughts, all right? Go ahead. Let me run down real quick because I, I agree with ever fully, but maybe before repentance. Okay, Maybe we've got to ask her if, if you're listening and you've got that one door or whatever that you're keeping Christ out of. 
answer this question, is God's word sufficient? Is it trustworthy? Is it true? Because if it is, then absolutely I need to acknowledge that as sin. Acknowledges, you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. So, so does the word of God truly guide me? I, I mean, I think of the, the story of the, uh, of the rich young ruler that came, or rich young man that came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, well, you know all the commandments. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he says, I've kept all those. What, you know, uh, okay. Well, what else you got? G- g- give everything Come at out. me, bro. Right, right. And Jesus came at yeah, him. And said, hey, He came at him out. where he was at. Here's the other thing, though. I mean, I mean, so we've got that. We've got, okay, is the word of God sufficient for my life? Is the word of God transformative? Do I believe it and trust it? And if so, then absolutely, I know what I'm doing, right? Uh, if not, then I have to have a larger question. There it is. Can I, am I really the Christian I claim to be? There it is. Jesus says to me, Jesus says, it was Matthew somewhere, he says, many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I go to church? Wasn't I a Christian? Didn't I do all these Christian things? And how sad. And I'm sad. going to say, how depart sad. from me, I never knew you. So you've got that. Um, but you've got this other this other side that screams to me, well, I can keep that from God. We, we delude ourselves in thinking that we can keep our secrets from God. If I put it here and I lock it up and, you know, God... Listen, God already sees it. Yeah. He sees the, 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 the depth of your depravity. That's why Christ came. Yeah. Keeping it locked up doesn't, doesn't help you any because God sees it already. You can't hide it from him. All it does is condemn you. And separate. Yeah. It, 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 it becomes a stumbling a, block, really. Romans 1, 2, and 3 preach this message over and over again. Yeah, you get away with nothing in this life. You're either storing up for yourself wrath or you're storing up grace. So you're not going to get away with anything. This idea of, well, I can just keep that locked up and not turn that over to the Lord. Yeah, that's not... It's a lie. Christ sees it. He sees it in its entirety. And, and here's something to keep in mind, too. Maybe you don't know yet. So yeah. if well, it yeah. hasn't been brought out to you yet, and then one day all of a sudden, oh, this isn't right. Yeah, that that happens through sure. the process Absolutely. of growing in yeah. Christ. You Absolutely. can you can become aware that wow, this is no longer acceptable. Joe, let me tell you, and I know we're running low on time, okay. but but this is a great example of this. I had become so callous because of images and stuff on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, we, I, we could watch a movie or a TV show that had nudity in it, and I wouldn't think twice about it. I mean, I, I sincerely, I would not lust. I wouldn't acknowledge. I, I, it just, it was, it was nothing. Does that make sense? I understand. I, I had no response. It, there was no sinful response. It was just callousness. Mm-hmm. We got married. Those types of things on the screen weren't okay with my wife. And I remember you know, arguing and fighting so foolishly about, well, honey, I'm not, it's not lust. It's a good story or whatever. Yada, yada, yada. I'm not seeing And I sincerely, I, I mean, look, I was not lusting after those images, but I was callous to them. And so a death was in the pot and I didn't even realize it. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. And so eventually the spirit starts to pour on me this conviction. Yep. Like, oh yeah, there it is. So I, I'll never forget. Uh, 
Uh, well, a couple years after that original understanding of uh, Amanda's sensitivities there and her and her wisdom there, um, she was gone for the weekend, and I had Netflix to myself, and I pulled up some comedian that was raunchy and foul, dirty, and it's a comedian that I I can't recall who it was. I think it was a comedian, something like that. And it's something that I would have not thought twice about beforehand, but because of Amanda's sensitivities. I hadn't watched that type of stuff for a while until Amanda's gone, so I've got free range on the TV. Just go flip it on. And I flipped it on, and I made it about five minutes in, and I thought, oh, wow. It's This is so raunchy. And it becomes offensive. Even though I had seen that show before, or that movie, or whatever, I think it was a comedy special. Even though I'd seen it before, I knew what to expect. All of a sudden, it, it had a whole new light on it. The calluses had been torn off. Yep. And my eyes saw something that they hadn't seen before. Yeah. Because of a renewing of my mind. Absolutely. That's that's what we need to be working on as Christian men. We need to And it's developmental yeah. as we go Absolutely. along. And so that that's that's a great example of of how that would I, I think progress. Like if it doesn't life. convict you, maybe that's the issue. Yeah. Well, hey, look, look, my porn thing, it doesn't bother anybody else. My wife doesn't know, and, you know, nobody else knows. It's not hurting anybody. So, you know, what's the big deal? That's callousness. It is callousness. Right. And, yeah. and it's really short sighted because it is impacting someone. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Ultimately, Christ, but also your spouse if you're married. There's no doubt. And it's destroying you from the inside That's out right. as well. Yeah. yeah. It's destroying you in every way. You, don't, you just don't realize it. So put okay. on the new self. Sorry. So you got your new self yeah. on, right? Therefore. Say, so in 25, that's right. Go ahead, John. Therefore, having put away falsehood, that each of you speak the truth of his neighbors, for we are members of one another. Let's pause there for just a second. Yes. Listen, call a spade a spade. I was recently, well, anyway, yeah, let it be known. Listen, if you see an error in my life, you should come not as a... You know, this past weekend we talked about, or a couple weekends ago, Sam, we talked about the flashlight, judgmental. You can be a flashlight or you can be a, a, a break in the chain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is not saying be a flashlight or a spotlight. This is saying as a brother in Christ, we're like my, my, we're my, yeah, yeah, we're linked together. And listen, yeah. the way I live impacts other people, it impacts my brothers, my sisters in Christ. And so when you see an inconsistency in my life, call it out. That's right. Right? Yeah. And, and be open to receive that from others. So, but we need to do that in, in hum, humility and, and tenderness and oh, love absolutely, one another. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you think there, he's saying stop lying, right? Yeah. And and Speak the truth. Speak the truth to each other, right? Because And why? Because there's this unity that we talked about earlier in Chapter 4. We're all linked together in this one body, Uh you know, I thought that example of the chain was a beautiful thing mm-hmm. that, that Sammy had last weekend. But imagine this. What if the chain is no longer just a single chain? And now because the entire body is linked together, it's more like chain mail. Uh-huh. Like a knight would wear. It's yeah. it's every piece of chain is linked in with mm-hmm. every other piece of chain. Yeah. And now you have this super strong fabric that's uh-huh. woven together. And now the links are all interdependent on each other. And that keeps, if one link fails, the whole garment doesn't fall apart. Right. It can hold the other link together. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I would like to think of it like that, you know, that at this point, Christ is holding the body together. Yeah, that's right. Um, he's going to talk about some, some issues with anger. Be angry well. and do not sin. I love that. 
Uh-huh. Like be, it's okay. Look, so, for some reason we think that, well, if, if I follow Jesus, I'll, I'll be um, Ned Flanders. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And because I'm not completely sanctified, I know who that is. And if you're listening and you know who Ned Flanders is, you're my people and we need to repent, perhaps. <laughs> he um, says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't give the devil an opportunity. Mm-hmm. In essence, yeah. anger is opening a doorway. For well, anger can be. It, it, can. it can. There's yeah. righteous anger. Yeah. But so internalizing that anger is, yeah, is you, where... You can be angry and not sin. That's right. right? That's important to point out right. there. Uh, don't let the sun go down your anger. Uh, I mean, that's... That's Old that's Testament. A, that's a large... That's a much larger conversation because yeah. we, we try to apply that to marriages and think, well, you can always settle an issue over you know before you go to bed. I think that can be mm. short-sighted because if the heat Oof. is still there, Listen. it's better to go away for yeah. a few hours or yeah. maybe the next day. Right. It's okay to put things on pause. I, but I don't... It, it, so don't it, get in a fight in an evening, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Try, try to avoid a fight. To but avoid. no one says, hey, it's time I'm going to fight. You know? like, who whoa, says whoa, that, whoa. You it's know? evening. We can't yeah. fight, guys. Yeah, honey, we got to wait till tomorrow. Past dinner time. <laughs> um, but, but the whole idea here is that uh, that you, you need to be responding as a, a, a member of the body of Christ, right? That's right. Not looking for selfish gain, not looking for selfish, uh, um, not letting your selfishness drive your anger. Mm hmm. And so what Paul's doing here, he's giving some points to helping the saints to live their life yeah. successfully. You know, don't lie. Don't, yeah. don't What's it be look in like anger. You know? yeah. And he says, let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he is to do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting, and slander be removed. <clears throat> be removed from you, uh, along with malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as Christ also forgave you. Um, so you see there, you know, work for what you have so that you can share with others. Don't steal anymore. Yeah, I mean, don't it's be a common turd. sense, yeah. right? Yeah. Common sense. Watch your mouth. You know, use it to build use it to build people up uh don't grieve the holy spirit what does it mean to grieve the holy spirit john yeah i mean there's a lot of debate about that but isn't there though i think that the simplest understanding that we need to understand is that the holy spirit is living within within us we're marked with the holy spirit and so while we can and we are able to act like the old self we need to surrender to the new self, allow the Holy Spirit to remake us. When we don't do that, when we are stubborn and we say, okay, I'm not going to give up this closet or whatever right. the picture was. That's right. That's when we're grieving I, I the think Spirit. that's the, a number one way we grieve yeah. the Holy Spirit is when we tell him no. Yeah. Or, well, God, your word can't really mean that. Or did yeah. he really yeah. say? Right, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, listen, oh, man, so such a uh, – um, just this morning I was reading uh, from a – former pastor uh, who I'm connected with, uh, who has deconstructed his faith. And, uh, mm. and and his big thing right now is, well, the the Word of God that we have in its form now can't be what Jesus actually said or the apostles really wrote. And so, you know, I love Jesus, but, uh, but, but not Jesus of the Bible and all this stuff. And Listen, I would look at him and say, you know what you just did there? 
you made a you made your own god in your own image yeah, of what you wanted. Absolutely. You, absolutely. You're you're into idol worship now. Yeah. And yeah. By, by what standard does someone use to say that that's not possibly what Jesus said? Yeah. How do you know that? How do you come to that conclusion? How do you come that's to that? Right, yeah. What what secret text well, do you but, have yeah, that right or secret you know, revelation? Yeah. Well, but but you know Jesus is the you know, whatever stupid. You're lying. So this lying deals with verse thirty one. Verse thirty. You probably 30. shouldn't say whatever stupid, but <laughs> you shouldn't the, say that, John. Yeah. No, but you're you're being stupid if you do if you. Well, I'm just being angry. Yeah. Uh, he says, remove the root of evil intent, the root of bitterness. Uh, mm. This and intent goes a long way, I think, in talking about why people still deal with some of these issues yeah. in their life and why I've dealt with issues in my life. Uh, why I've had to go through the same hoop over and over and over again mm-hmm. until I get spanked hard enough that it hurts and I'm uh, I have to let go. Yeah. And finally, I love what he says in verse thirty-two: Just "Be kind, be kind." So, guys, that's a good word to end this on. There you go. Be there kind go. to one another. Be kind. Don't be a doofus. <laughs> and don't deconstruct. <laughs> don't deconstruct. But until Please. next time, hey, join us next week. We'll start in Chapter 5. God bless. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Bold Men's Podcast. Adios.